Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 503, recording live on Wednesday, April 19th. I'm one of your hosts, Mo. That's Kelly. She's muted. So, And that's Adriel. He's also muted. What's happening here? And I'm Kyle. <laughs> Kelly, unmute yourself. I, 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 I did me too. Do you want me to start over? Oh, uh, No. No, we don't. We don't do do-overs here. Uh, we just <laughs> we ride that train wreck over the bridge, okay. and we just keep going. <laughs> they say ride the top of the wave and then let it crash us into the rocks. I think we've already drowned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's keep going. It's just a bloated corpse floating. <laughs> okay. Cool. Take us away, Mo. All right, uh, we're going to get into what we did with guns. Uh, this week, we'll start with uh, Kyle. Okay. Uh, well, Thursday last week, had a club meeting for the uh, Cavern City Action Shooters, the local action shooting league here. And uh, it was my first meeting. And yeah, it was, it was good. Meet some people. I had met the organizer before and... Yeah, they were basically just going over the match last weekend, which I did miss because I had a end up going on an ATV trip and checked out some caves and whatnot. So it was a good day still. Uh, but uh, yeah, they were talking about the entire year. Entire year of matches is already set, and actually got my first three gun match I'm going to put on, which is going to be a uh, two slash three gun match, and it'll be November. 18th and it's actually going to end up being a charity match we're going to go to the local chapter of veterans of foreign wars and let them pick a charity for proceeds to go to very nice that's cool yeah Yeah. uh we're also going to be doing a steel match in july yeah fifth saturday in july and that is going to go to a local charity another vet vet serving veterans but uh, i guess they build houses for for veterans families and whatnot so so it seems like it's a good club they like doing the charity stuff and i've offered my help of course and was promptly told that i would probably regret it and they'd probably overuse it so, <laughs> <laughs> i just told them it'd just be more of the same but uh, <laughs> yeah for sure i did actually start talking to them because we were talking before I actually made the move about a podcast or charity match down here. And sounds like either we could get the city to approve it, especially if we'd host it during the middle of the week, it shouldn't be a problem getting the bays to host it. Or we could even go into Midland, which is about two and a half hours away, but is where people would fly into. And I guess there's a gentleman out there, private land, built himself a 14 bay range 
and only and puts on matches from January through May and then doesn't do anything the rest of the year. Wow. So there's a couple options there if we want to do a per, uh, a podcaster's charity match down here. A Texas-Canadian so. podcaster's charity match. Maybe we get some of the American podcasters out to that kind of a thing. Yeah. Hmm. That would be cool. I just remember we were talking about that, so I figured I'd just see the uh, potential of something like that. Hmm. Cool. And lastly, I got my wedges in from Tier 1 Concealment for my appendix holster. Nice. So I just bought the just the sizing pack, so they're actually quite labeled, and you can see from small to extra large the uh. size difference. Wow. And... uh I ended up going, trying them out, and went with the large one. And even with this shirt, which is one of my tighter shirts, it actually seems to work pretty pretty good. Yeah. For uh, viewers who aren't familiar, yeah. uh, Kyle's Kyle's in the U.S. He's uh, yeah. a Canadian that has moved down to the U.S. and that's why he has a, a handgun in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went with the large. And so what that does, normally, it'd be, do it this way, be sitting on your belt, and my biggest problem is your magwell ends up sticking out. So with that wedge, it ends up tilting it and puts the grip of your gun towards in back into your stomach. I've done some dry fire with it, does not affect the drawing whatsoever, and just helps for better concealment. So I think it was a good purchase. The sizing kit was like $17 US to find the oh, right yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you still have others that if you have another holster that's made just slightly different, you can throw them on there. Huh. So, yeah, I'm really happy with that. I think that's going to really help my conceal carry game and make me feel a little more comfortable because I did conceal carry all day on Saturday when I was out on the ATV trip because I wanted to get used to conceal carry, get it to feel natural and uh, comfortable. And by the end of the day, I especially actually first thing in the morning, I realized I should have just open carried because there was people open carrying and about halfway through the day. And yeah, that's why they're open carrying because riding around in uh, side by side all day concealed. Yeah, I was happy to take the uh, the holster off at the end of the day. I <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Like I said, I missed the USPSA match this past weekend, but then next weekend I have a steel challenge here in town, and we'll see Saturday, I guess, is Roswell again, so I might be able to make it up to Roswell on Saturday. Nice. Cool. So, uh, Kelly, is your mic working now? I wonder. Can you hear me? I can, yes. yeah. Yay! Well, while it's working, why don't you tell us <laughs> what you did so in guns? I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly, and this is... I'm Gallon. Uh, I came on the show. The government hacked our mic, shut me down. I'm being censored. <laughs> You're being oppressed. Help, help. I'm being oppressed. I'm a victim. So we're now currently crowded around my phone because um, my laptop's not working at all. We're cozy, not crowded. <laughs> Overly <Yes. crazy. laughs> But yeah, so Gallon, what did you do this week in guns? Uh, nothing. I've been driving across Canada. Yeah. yeah. So he's here in Kingston with me. 
Uh, what have I done with guns this week? Um, not much, as uh, I didn't get to the range this past weekend. I thought about guns. It was lovely, though, this past week. Really. Um, but, uh, yeah, not much. Um, not much. I didn't do anything with guns this week other than just get some stuff ready for maple seed. Uh, sent some stuff out to some people. Gave me a scope. Gave you some scope. That's something you did in guns. You gave me a scope. That is correct. Had a meeting about uh, she shoots, and we're planning the next rest of the year for that. And that's about it. So, yeah. Cool. So, Mo, what about you? Uh, I went to my first uh, Northern Rimfire Series match in Palmerston, Ontario. Uh, there was five of us. It was a road trip. So myself, uh, Gabriel, Greg, Will, and Brad, we drove down on Friday afternoon. We ended up staying over, we stayed overnight. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun overall. Um, on Friday night, we got our, uh, course of fire and it was pretty funny because it was almost 10 o'clock at night and everybody got their dope cards out and started writing out, uh, all the different stages and stuff. Um, on Saturday of the match, it was like a beautiful day, like a summer day. I think it was like 20, 28 degrees out there. Um, and uh, it was 10, 10 stages. And, and this ended up being my first official match because I had mentioned I had tried to do two R o RPS matches, but the uh, mm -hmm. the I was getting the, the light strikes. So, And, uh, of course, with it being such a warm day, there was like the, the gun ran flawlessly. Uh, I didn't run flawlessly, but the gun did. So uh, my takeaways, um, I was really struggling with like finding the targets. Uh, and one of the guys from the squad gave me a good pointer, uh, which I started doing towards the end, like where you kind of uh, you line yourself up when you're getting ready to shoot to, to kind of line up to that first target. And then obviously when you get the uh, engage command, you like uh, – go on the prop and you're again lining yourself up for that first target and kind of keeping a reference of that and then obviously the targets you know either to the left or right and so that's something i worked i, I got better at towards the end but I, I did struggle leading up to that uh and also getting comfortable in the lower positions that's where like i like i i've been practicing at it but that's where i struggled like you know when i i had to be like lower to the ground not not prone but just like on a uh <laughs> So, so that, that's where, it's, um, and, uh, what else? Um, Hey, but you've been getting better at those positional shootings. So. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing is too, I, I, uh, how do I, I knew when I would hit, I, I almost always knew when I would hear impact because I, I had a good hold and, and I felt, I felt confident. And then there was other shots where I knew when I pulled the trigger that it was like a prayer that I would actually hit it. But there was the, the longest shot of the match, I think was 306 yards. And I actually hit that target. So I was thrilled. I was thrilled about that. Um, I ended up with doing 28% like hit rate, which is terrible, of course, but I didn't actually complete and of the 10 stages uh, uh, because an NRS match is a, is a minute 45 versus a CRPS matches, which are two minutes. And I ended up timing out on every stage. So I think, Oh, there was only one where I ended up uh, getting off eight shots of, of the required 10. So, and that was the, and that ended up being the last, uh, the, the last uh, stage. 
Oh, Brad, Brad was with, with us. He wasn't in our squad, but he went down with us. Um, great guy. Um, and then another positive was uh, Gabriel that was with us. Uh, he ended up finishing third overall and, and it was out of oh, wow. 86 shooters. So it was a big match. Like, I, I guess they called it the biggest uh, rimfire match in, in Canada in, in terms of attendance. So that That's was awesome. Yeah, he did really good. He's like, I I've, I've seen him shoot. This was, I think, the third time and he's gotten better. He's gotten better every time. He puts a lot of effort into it. Right. And, uh, He's a really good shooter. Yeah, he's a really good shooter, and he's even do, he's doing with the CZ. He doesn't even have like a Voodoo or a Remix or a Deuce or one of the uh, like you know the the high end, higher end guns. Um, but the the match itself was great. It ran it ran like really smooth. It was like so much fun. Our squad was awesome. Um, just a great group of people. Uh, another thing that I got to try out, I have a new toy. So I got the uh, Apex Summit uh, Summit Pros. So this is the 12 by 50 uh, oh, vinyls, nice. and they also come with um, they also come with the reticle. So uh, okay, chill. Really, it's it must uh, yeah, be mil. yeah, it's yeah. a mil rat. And uh, so I was just uh, so I was using them to obviously spot spot. I ended up spotting a lot, which was great. I got, I got a lot of experience with that. So um, and I got to try the new vinyls, of course. And, uh, and then like with the reticle, like I'm still not at the point where it'll be a benefit to me to see what everybody's doing. But Gabriel was saying that he, he, when he was, cause he has a pair as well. And he felt that he was, uh, getting some good information on what other people were doing just based, based on using the reticle too. Right. Um, and, uh, that was it for the match. I'm looking forward to the next one this weekend. I've got, uh, it's like a double header because I got this uh, CRPS Rimfire Academy in Avonmore on the Saturday. And then the match, then there's the actual CRPS match on the Sunday. So that'll be fun. So I get to, I'll be in school on the Saturday and then I'll get to actually put put it to practice on, on the Sunday. And it's pretty close to me. It's like less than an hour drive from where I am. Um, and the uh, match director for the, for that match will be is Travis and he'll be on next week because we can do a nice little recap about it. Um, what else? Um, I uh, I got my Cornwall membership card, and I um, I applied for my ATT this morning, so I could actually take my restricteds there like regular, and not have to get an ATT every time uh, I cross into Ontario. And they already sent it back to me, so that was great. So now I have that. And it's good, I guess, till end of November when my members my one year expires. And uh think that's think that's it for me. How about you, Adriel? Uh over the weekend I did the Chaz Ladies Day. That was on Thursday. Beautiful weather. Oh, gorgeous weather. Lots of ladies. I think we had, I don't know, a hundred, hundred ladies out there. I was working the shotgun stage, um, and normally I don't do that. Normally I work uh, rimfire like maple seed, uh, or I work three gun. Uh, this is the first time I worked shotgun, and uh, uh, it was interesting because I've done quite a few ladies' days and families' days, and I would say one of the things that you you learn really very quickly, if, especially when it's very busy, is how to rapidly fit a firearm to someone 
uh, and get them to adjust to that firearm so they're holding it properly because they haven't held it properly before, right? So you get very comfortable with telling people, okay, now I need you to do this. Now put your cheek there. Now look down here. Now you want to see this, not that. And mm, yeah, you're looking good. Fire and, uh, and and getting them to go. I haven't done it with shotgun. I've done it with, with rim fire uh, a lot. Uh, with shotgun, there were a couple of new things that I had to look for in terms of stance, in terms of telling them how to look down the shotgun. So um although it wasn't like my my first choice of like stage to to do i was happy that i was put on that stage because i got to learn like a brand new set of things to look for uh for uh for fitting someone to a shotgun very quickly i saw the same stuff i, saw, I see in three gun uh you know they fire a couple times and then their, their cheek starts getting up and up on the comb and they start missing high because their their face is getting higher on the comb of the shotgun uh so that that wasn't new but the uh, describing the sighting on a shotgun was how like get your head down low. You want to see it flat on that rib. Yeah, there's a bead or something over there. Don't worry about it. As long as you get close enough, you're good enough. Saw some people like over aiming, just like really carefully getting and like the, the target's like 10 meters away and they're just like very carefully. I'm like, as long as it's close enough, you'll hit it. So uh, yeah, th so that was that was really great. Uh, I worked the stage with a couple of listeners and viewers, which was uh, fantastic as well. Um, and then, uh, I had a three gun match I was going to go to this weekend, but I've got a funeral, so I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, um, unless I really slam some things together and do some ridiculous stuff, which I probably shouldn't. Um, uh, one thing I took, uh, and actually I was talking to some of the people at, uh, at the ladies day about this, cause I had talked, uh, one of the people there, um, was wanting to get into three gun had his AR kitted out for it, the pistol, the shotgun, good to go. And then the ARs got banned. And he's just never had an inkling to do it since. So I think like um, like registration for three-gun matches has been slower this year. Uh, and I think that it's because a lot of the people who had those ARs before COVID um, and before the OIC that banned the ARs, uh, they wanted to use them. They wanted to use them for three gun. They wanted to like get out and try them. And, and now that they can't, they're not buying another rifle. They're just kind of like throwing in the towel. So uh, I think we're seeing some of that. And then uh, I've got some more maple seed dates uh, that I've just set or just confirmed for Southern Alberta. They're not going to show up on the website or anything like that anytime soon, but I hear you Southern Alberta people telling me that we need more events down there. So we've got uh three more three more coming that should be nice a little bit better for uh for the people down there so actually, i actually have a question on that adriel did you mm -hmm. ever were you able to get a hold of anybody in grand prairie i no no okay we'll talk after the show we should yeah probably should i had one of our iits ask about it but uh no i hadn't uh hadn't picked out that date yet um yeah it's uh it's looking like a busy season for me i'm gonna <laughs> I got a lot of driving to do uh not this weekend but the weekend after is my first uh first for the season and it's going to be a double header they're all going to be double headers any any time i can if because if if i'm going to take a weekend off and uh deal with uh with the wife uh i'm gonna pack them in <laughs> saturday sunday both at the same time Deal with Might as well. Weekend. If I got to wreck a week a weekend, I'm wrecking it good. I'm gonna I'm gonna just be gone the whole the whole time, not just one of the days. <laughs> right? Is that how yeah. this works? Yeah, clothes clothes on yeah. the lawn and everything. Yeah. yeah. Is this how I stay married? I, I hope it is. <laughs> <It's>... 
I've max I max out two weekends a, a month, but but those weekends are like both yeah. days. Both days are maple seeds. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So nope. That's that my, works. My, my goal will be uh, to do that all through the summer, basically from now until October, give or take. So still got some dates open for that. Uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Okay. I think that's everybody, right? Hmm? Okay. Uh, for upcoming events, as uh, Kelly and Angel mentioned, uh, lots of maple seeds across Canada, and you can check that out at mapleseedrifleman.com. Uh, so definitely check out the schedule and see where you can get out and do one. Uh, if you want to find a, a three-gun match, th- uh, threegun.ca, there's the Battle of Alberta now open for registration. It's a two-day match, June 10th and 11th. Uh, there's the Summer Brutality now open also. Uh, it's a one-day. That's July 1st in Cornell, um, BC. And then... Uh, as sure with Pete, Park. Yeah, sure. Park yeah. Thursday night funds. Uh, fun nights start Thursday, this Thursday with Rimfire Race Guns. So if you remember over there, uh, go to that. I, I might make it. I don't know. I don't, it depends how crazy I feel with <laughs> packing guns up and going and doing stuff and then getting swamped the next day. Okay. And uh, the mighty Peace River 3-Gun is starting their season this weekend, April 22nd in Peace River. Uh, setup is 8 a.m., safety brief at 9.30, costs $40, and includes lunch. And then... Um, bargain. Yeah. And then Bring as... Rubber I, boots. <laughs> Bring your rubber boots, yeah. <laughs> no mosquito I, spray needed yet, but soon. <laughs> soon, yeah, soon. Uh, as I mentioned, the the CRPS events uh, this weekend in Avonmore. There's for the academy. There's actually when I looked earlier, there was one spot left. If anybody's still as interested and wants to get out and try it, and then the next day there's a few spots left too. So and then those are both on practice score. You can find them. Um, and then uh, EOSC Eastern Ontario has their Summer Blast Ipsic Level Three match. There's uh, that's uh, there's still spots available for the Thursday on the July 27th, and you can find that on Practice Score as well. And then in the news, we have uh, NS Gun Dealer fined for importing overcapacity magazines. This is just kind of a wrap up to the uh, the Sean Hansen case that we had talked ah. about. Two years ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were some magazines that he had imported from Israel. I think these were IMI or IWI uh, magazines that were um, uncapped that I assume he was going to pin later. And uh, no jail time, but a fine. A fine? Okay. That's not terrible, I guess. And then uh, next story, BCL Foxbat. Still not in anyone's hands. October sales three month three to four month timeline given. Okay. This was that yeah. uh, that aluminum frame Glock uh, uh, compliant handgun that BCL was going to make. Um, no one's gotten anyone gotten any of them yet. Should have got them January three to four mm-hmm. month timeline. Gives sold, sold in October. Still not out. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the Canadian Farms Program Call Center is closed, but the web services are, are are still up and running, I believe. Web services don't have a, there's no union for the website. So uh, it's only those lazy, good for nothing federal workers that are out. The public unions, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. 
anybody who's working there is on the picket line. So hopefully, hopefully it'll end soon. And then uh, the last one, didn't we cover this? This uh, Sig three, uh, the P. No, this is a new no, one. Not this one. Oh, this, this is, is a new, a new one. Brand new. Brand new. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Uh, the Sig P three twenties have no over insertion protection other than the base pad. So regular length mag, no problem. Ram it in there, no big deal. Long boy mags, like extended mags, you will bend the ejector. You will slam that shit right in there. And the that little finger ejector is the only thing stopping that magazine from coming up. So you'll end up bending it uh, if you really rock a, a long boy mag in there. Hmm. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Could be. I mean, Potentially, uh, yeah. for most shooters, probably not, because you're not going to be putting long boy mags in your, uh, in your SIG P320, but... Uh, I, I, I gotta ask, how hard are you inserting your mag if you're? Well, I slam the shit out of mine. Like I, <laughs> I, I put my mags in like they owe me money because I. You only have to have how many times do you have to drop a magazine at, at a at a match where you like you go click and the mag falls out. Like isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like getting pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually because I squeezed my oversized mag release. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Oh, that's another thing. I, I hammer my mags in. I, I, I beat the crap out of them. So if I had that, I would probably bend it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you've been following the uh, the CCFR court case, um, they put a lot of work and effort into it, and uh, they still need help. So obviously, uh, please uh, keep donating to them. Yeah. And then speaking of that, the CDTSA, uh, Calgary District Target Shooters, made a huge donation, $100,000, which was incredible. And um, so, and if you do want to uh, help out, you can by sending an EMT to finance at farmsrights.ca. And then in a new gun stuff brought to you by Bullseye North, need a new boomstick. Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstar and a proud supporter of the CCFR with a wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Free shipping over $200. Some exclusions apply like ammo. Subscribe to their weekly newsletter to get first access to the hottest deals. And the hottest deal that we've got right now that we're featuring is they've got 25% off Camelback and White Rock White Rock coolers tonight only. Ends at uh, midnight. So if you're looking at getting one of those, uh, head on over there. I bet you they sold out of these. You know, I put these throughout the week and uh, throughout the week, these are such good deals that they frequently sell out of the things that I was trying to feature. So those aren't for sale anymore. Let's see. Profit River has some lever, 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 lever. lever. both. They have some leve actions uh, for sale. Uh, Everything from 30, 30, 45, 70, 45, 90, uh, 45 Colts and 308. And, 22 LR, of course. They've got a whole bunch of lever guns. So if you're uh, looking for that kind of thing, uh, head on over to Profit River. Uh, Shooting Edge has some Blem Sterling Arms uh, R18 Mark IIs. Uh, and these are right around 2500 uh, They include a Trigger Tech trigger in them. Mm-hmm. If you want to spend a little bit more, they've got one that has a Jukov stock in it for $2,700. I've mm-hmm. actually heard pretty good things for reliability on these things uh in yeah. that cgn thread that uh that this uh feature was in they were saying they've only had one gas system breakage 
uh, with this thing. No charging handles breaking off. No gas piston snapping. Gas yeah. system breakage. What was that? Oh, well, WKs break gas pistons all the time. Oh, no, the key down the piston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So whereas these guys um, aren't having that problem, I believe they went with like a, a non-standard AR four end and therefore they have more height and therefore they put in the proper like pistons so that it's not going to snap all the time for them. So if only it wasn't $2,500, it's just a little yeah. bit. A little but bit for $2,500, you would hope that you wouldn't have any issues with it. Yeah, you would hope. Yes, you would hope. You would hope. Yeah. Uh, next thing I've got on here. Well, speaking of other, whoops. Uh, speaking of other firearms that actually uh, don't break things, uh, Marstar's going to. They're set up to import uh, stuff from HB Industries. These guys make things for the CZ Bryn Two. So Ooh. if you're looking for longer handguards, aftermarket, fancier handguards, uh, they're going to be set up to bring them in. They don't. They don't have pricing or anything like that because uh, they're just set up to import them right now. But uh, they give access to the gas port, so they've got the little like panel cut out for them, and uh, a lot of so a lot of these Bren twos that we're going to have in Canada here are going to be the 11 inch models that have very short forends. So uh, they're going to look real goofy if you put a long barrel on them and make it non restricted. So if you want it to not look goofy, you might want to take a look at one of those forends that uh, Marstar is going to be bringing in. Uh, the next one is SNJ Hardware. They're doing uh, another run on their AR500 body armor. Uh, so this is a steel plate AR500. Uh, with this one, they've got a resin impregnated Kevlar spall coating on the front uh, just to keep the uh, spall down. So those are over on uh, SNJHardware.com. And I believe they're $4.90 per set uh, for those. Uh, this one was new for me. I didn't know that this that these they made it, but solely Canadian. They have this sales page on CGN where they put like their factory seconds. And I thought I saw, yeah, they do cheek risers. Look at this thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, they do like a a, a different style cheek. It looks like it's adjustable. It's not like uh finger knob adjustable or anything like that. But once you set it and forget it, kind of a thing. It looks like it would be okay. So that's kind of neat. Uh, the next one I have here is if uh, if you have a, a Laugo Alien, Tactical Imports got some more mags in. Uh, the ETA, oh, they got them in. Long, long story short, yes, they got them in. There they are. They're a hundred bucks a pop, but hey, you, bought a, you, you bought an alien, you know what you got yeah. yourself into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a five thousand dollar pistol, so the mags are going to be expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They don't look like anything special either. <laughs> they got a couple no. of like Allen bolts in there. It's so weird. Uh, let's see. This one was kind of interesting. Okay, so if you've got a CZP10 and you're looking to class it up a little bit, uh, North Silva is uh, is saying that uh, FOC and Rangeview have aluminum triggers for it in various Ooh. colors. Ooh. So if your P10 is looking a little bit plain and you want something that's maybe not as mushy as the original trigger, uh, they have, uh, yeah. Blue and they, red. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. They do look, they do look interesting, and uh, yeah, that shouldn't be too too expensive. Uh, the next one I wanted to have here is just uh, 
I try to put stuff that I wouldn't necessarily look, look at, but uh, is interesting anyways. Uh, Calgary Shooting Center has the Bighorn Armory Model 90 Fancy Walnut Rifle. It's a lever action uh, rifle in 460 Smith & Wesson. Ooh. It's a very fancy looking. It's got a fire optic stock. It's got, or sorry, uh, front sight. It's got a really long section of pick rail Whoa. for a lever action. Um, and it's very fancy case hardened, uh, beautiful stock on it. Uh, 7155. Damn. Uh, if you want something that's a little bit less than that, uh, G4C has the Troy Industries PAR 223 with a 16 inch barrel for on for 1490. So it's a pump action 223. Um, and it's, I have heard like the, the reliability is okay on them. They're, uh, kind of ready to go out of the box and, uh, 1490s okay for for something like that yeah i think so yeah yeah i'd actually be interested in trying something like that out for like, like a full time just in... to play around with and try yeah. It out yeah yeah they're not yeah. great they're not great i didn't get good, very good accuracy out of mine uh for prone shooting uh oh I, yeah <laughs> they're terrible you gotta like roll up and pump the gun and lay back down it was horrible mm. but for standing uh, any other position, they're all right. They were reliable, the ones I've shot. You probably wouldn't want to use one at Maple Seed. No, you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pump action might hinder that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Tenda's got all the uh, new models of Night Force. So if you're looking at the NX8 or the new Attacker models, uh, they've got those uh, on their website. Uh, Tika. I was looking at a lot of gun stuff, so I've got a lot of gun stuff to review this week. Uh, Calgary Shooting Center has the Tika T3 Western Superlight 2023 rifle. This is a, a Superlight Tika. It's on for $16.50. They've got it in a variety of cartridges, and uh, it's pretty lightweight. And then if you're in the Winnipeg area, uh, Fast Toys has Ginex, Ginex. I don't know. They're cheap primers. Oh. Uh, they're from Serbia or Croatia or somewhere where they like to fight each other, and uh, their primers are cheap. They're like a hundred bucks per thousand, give or take, depending <laughs> on how many you order. <laughs> is my is my description too accurate? Political comment. <laughs> <laughs> and then one thing, so someone on the Discord was uh, scrap the thing was just mentioning this. Uh, I did, wasn't aware that this was a thing. Case like. I don't really like Walker razors in terms of like a headset. I think they put too much pressure and the audio quality is kind of crap, but I like this idea. They've got a clip on walkie talkie that attaches to the ear cup. So you turn your headset uh, into walkie talkie. Uh, I like this idea a lot. Hmm. Imagine if your ROs had like these things clipped on you're like, you know, uh, you know, squad four is advancing from this stage to that stage like the comms would be so much easier than just trying to use a walkie-talkie right yeah i like it I like all it. in one it just clips on the side like i have a i have a baofeng that i that i clipped my belt and i i run plugged into my headset when uh, when we're running like a a complicated match but yeah this is this is real real interesting Peltors, because the razor walkers are very uncomfortable to wear all day, but the Peltors are nice. We... Yeah, the Peltor Tax Sports. Well, not only is the is the are they comfortable, the audio quality is just it's it's so much it you you can't even believe it. 
if, if you have both of them and you and you put them on next to each other, you would see that the Walker Razors just the the audio quality is just garbage compared to the uh, the Peltors. I think it's actually a really great idea and it's a good addition, especially if you are 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 owing. But um, just the Walkers are very uncomfortable to wear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And tell me when we're live because I'm going to share it around so everyone tunes in. We're live. We're live. We're live. Are we live? We yes. are. We are live. Yeah. Okay. I'll start. I'm, I'm going to start sharing. We'll assume that means that she's going to share some stuff. Yeah. yeah her internet sucks. <clears throat> oh, yeah. We are live. Look at that. Okay. So I'm going to share it here. I'm going to share it into the group. And then maybe we'll just share it right onto the page, too. Sounds good. Everywhere. Yeah. Let's just share it all over and get everyone tuning in. Okay. Everyone, this is Tracy. Tracy, this is everyone. <laughs> that, that's not at all how you introduce me now, is it? Yeah. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> you got to do the thing. And welcome back to the show, Tracy Wilson from the CCFR. Tracy, good to have you again. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to good be enough. here. Well, and you got to normally... do the Wilson. You got to do the yes! Wilson. People usually <laughs> yell at me. I can yell. I can yell. Uh, anyways, why don't you tell us a little bit about this, uh, how the CCFR's court case is going. I've been catching some of your live tweets, but there's been so so many. You've been doing such a good job of covering it that I can't keep up with everything that's been going on. Yeah, on Twitter, they're calling me Thunder Thumbs Wilson, Thunder which Thumbs. is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was telling Rod, and he's like, Thunder, what? what? I, I don't know about that. And I'm like, no, no, it's good, but it should actually be Lightning Thumbs. So, yes, uh, tomorrow will be the final day of our eight-day court hearing against the May 2020 OIC gun ban here in Ottawa. It is being heard in the federal court in the Supreme Court building, so it's been kind of cool going there every day. Um, of course, it is a rule of the federal court that you cannot record or broadcast it. So, unfortunately, basically the only tangible real-time record that we can have are my live tweets. Um, we are going to be putting those into a web story that'll just sort of be a quick and easy read. People can read through, break it down day by day. Um, but yeah, this is this is it. This is what we've spent, you know, two and a half years working towards over $2 million invested. And uh, it all finishes off tomorrow with closing statements. So yeah, it's been been a heck of a battle. Yeah, I, th I think one of the things that um, maybe we're all wondering is, okay, so court the the uh, day before our judges right now, um, everything seems to be going really well. Some interesting things being said. What are some of the highlights of uh, of of the week that uh, that we've been presenting? I guess. Yeah, that's really good. Well, as you know, for the first five days, it was the applicants' legal team speaking. And everybody's thinking like, wow, it's going really well. You can find the uh, the link to watch the web stream on the ccfr.ca. Um, tomorrow is the last day, but in any event. So people have been watching along in the first five days. Of course, it goes really well. Those are the applicants' legal teams, you know, our side, so, so to speak, of the debate. Um, so I kept warning people, the government hasn't had an opportunity to speak yet, so stay tuned. Um, and of course, yesterday and today, they did exactly that, said all kinds of crazy, untrue, um, demonstrably false things. Um, There's a couple of weird things that happened. 
I'll tell you a little story. I often, when I'm doing media interviews, I talk about the social contract that gun owners have with the government. And how I think of it or how I've always thought of it as a gun owner myself is, you know, the government lays out 32 years of, of various forms of gun control. We've got licensing, we've got storage regulations, transport regulations, all these rules that we've got to follow. We've got the daily background checks. So we do all that. We comply with it, regardless of how ridiculous it is, regardless of whether or not there's any efficacy towards public safety. We do all that with the, you know, for me, it was with the implication that the government would more or less leave me alone and stay out of my life. Well, we know that's not true anymore, right? So I often talk about how they've broken that social contract. So Solomon Friedman, who's the lawyer in the Parker versus Canada case, which is, they, they're all put under case management under our case, but, you know, they're on our side. Um, Sala was talking to the judge and explaining it, and he called it a bargain. So same, same kind of idea, but he says, you know, this is the bargain that gun owners have with the government, that they follow all these rules, and in turn, they, they have their stuff. And now you've changed that by, you know, um, banning their stuff. And when the government lawyer, then the government's legal team got up to respond, he was like, almost offended that he even thought that. And he stood up and he goes, there is no bargain. There's no deal with gun owners. And I'm sitting in the courtroom and it was just so spiteful the way he said it and so ignorant that, you know, I'd kind of drop my glasses down on my nose and looked up under them at him. And I just thought, like, you people, like, you're talking about human beings. You're talking about co-Canadians. And now I have to question everything I've ever believed in my relationship with the government. I'm not, I'm not a very pro-government person but I believed in some sort of framework for our society. And now it's like, doesn't matter what you do, how many laws you comply with, you know, it's irrelevant. We'll do whatever we want to you. And for me, that's a problem. I think that should be a problem for most people. So yeah, that was something that interesting that happened. And then another cool thing I like to talk about is the size of the legal teams. So we are in the Supreme court. One mm -hmm. side of the courtroom is all the legal teams. So there's six teams some of them are big. Our, our team's probably the biggest. And then we've got some smaller teams and some single lawyers. So they're crammed onto one side. And the government's team of lawyers, about 21 of them, are crammed onto the other side. And originally, so it's like a David and Goliath, right? It's like six little Davids and a giant Goliath. And it was funny because all along, they've had three chairs per table. And then as of yesterday, when the government got their op opportunity to speak, they crammed four chairs in. So they've like increased the size of their team. So anyways, you know, um, people are asking me, well, what are they like? And I'm like, well, exactly what you would think of when you think of government lawyers, like whatever is conjured up in your mind, it's exactly like that. So today we, um, on one of the breaks, I think it was the final break or it was possibly maybe the end of the day. Yeah, I think it was the end of the day. I went to go use the washroom before we left the building and all the government's lawyers were getting together for some kind of group picture. And, you know, I'm kind of giggling like, oh, there they all are. The people trying to ruin our lives. Right. <laughs> I go in and I use the washroom and I come out and they had moved where they were taking the photo. So now they're all lined up in front of the stairs that I've got to go up to get out of the bathroom. 
So here I am totally photobombing their picture, right? It's like the government's entire legal team and my little head there. So yeah, I don't, I don't think they like me very much. Well, if they want to take up the, the whole staircase, like a bunch of TikTokers, then that's their own problem. You got places yeah. to be. Yeah, man. I got things to do. I'm an important person. Get out of the way. No, I'm just kidding. But I totally photobombed them. I was like, I'm not missing this opportunity. So yeah, but all in all, I mean, I think it's going well. There's been a lot of, um, a lot of arguments. The, case itself is actually very complex there's about seven parts to ours like we've got some charter stuff we've got some stuff about um sub delegation of duty you know where the rcmp were just making these changes in the frt reclassifying things even after the oic there's a lot of parts to it so you know when people say well do you think we'll win well i think there are some stuff we'll win on and maybe some stuff we won't it's hard to say there's no way to really know and of course, it will take months to get a decision. But I'm, I think the lawyers have done an incredible job. Our, our team has just been just nailing it. And um, for the most part, everyone works really well together. Like um, uh, five of the six teams were kind of meeting electronically tonight to sort out who's going to do what. We have half a day for everybody. So it works out to about 20 to 25 minutes to respond to two days of of testimony by the government per team. So you don't want to repeat things. You don't want, you know, two different legal teams on the same mm -hmm. side mm -hmm. arguing the same thing. We don't have time for it. So everyone's going to take a section and focus on that. So it's really nice to see the teams working together. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll have to take it from there and see what happens. But yeah, it's just yeah, been, been crazy. It's one thing I wanted to ask is how long you get to to respond to the two days of, of their stuff. Uh, 25 that's, that's minutes. 25 yeah. minutes. Now It might be enough. Well, and here's the thing. For the most part, our teams already knew what they were going to argue. You'll mm -hmm. notice in that five days that all the teams had, um, they covered a lot of stuff. And that was sort of preemptively addressing yeah. what they knew the government would address, right? So there, there's some of that. Um, they introduced a couple new things, so they'll definitely um, make sure that they address those. Um, but at the end of the day, that that's what we see when you're watching the live stream isn't the only thing the judge has to base her decision on, right? She's probably got five stacks of paper this big to read through. Um, she's got case law to refer to. Like, that's why it takes months to get a decision. She's got to go and comb over every single thing that was said, every reference that was made, it's a huge job. Now, the judge herself has said a couple of strange things. For the most part, I think she's asked some pretty thoughtful questions. She hasn't asked a lot of questions. Um, so either that means the legal teams are doing a really good job of explaining things, or, you know, maybe she heard, she's just <laughs> glassed over like most people trying to figure out what they're talking about. Um, but she said a couple of weird things. Like the other day, last week, uh, they were talking about they were talking about the scientific evidence that proves that banning, you know, certain guns is not going to reduce the possibility of mass shootings, homicides, suicides, any of that. Right. Um, and that's we have evidence towards that. So we were talking about that and she kind of came out and said, well, so so what do we do? Just wait for another mass shooting. And, you know, I mean, the hair on the back of my neck rises up and I'm like, what? Because by saying that, you're implying that a gun ban is the solution to reduce 
mass mass shootings, homicides, or suicides, right? And unfortunately, that's a common way of thinking for a lot of Canadians, although it's not true. However, she's a federal court judge hearing a really important case. So, you know, I think she'd be a little more objective. And then today they were addressing um, part of Rod Giltaka's affidavit. And yeah, we broached the subject of self-defense. I know it's a little taboo um, for, for many people, but we think it's a valid point. And mm-hmm. um, despite what a lot of people will tell you, Canadians absolutely have the right to defend their lives with guns or any other means uh, possible. So Rod had brought some of that up in his affidavit and she sort of scoffed at it and said, um, they were talking about during his cross-examination um, before the trial. And she said, well, during that cross-examination, did anyone tell him that he can't just shoot somebody who knocks at the door? And I was like, yeah. yeah that was... <laughs> it's frustrating. I don't know if she was, you know, making a joke. Christine Jenneru told me there was some news story this morning out of the States where a guy did that. So maybe it was like a joke in reference to that. But yeah, we don't think any of this is funny. So... Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what was going through her mind. But at the end of the day, I'd like to have a little faith in the system, regardless of how it's been. And uh, yeah, she's got a lot to think over, but we'll we'll see what happens. Could have been a reference to the U.S. That's happened three times over the last couple of days here. So but it's still a not a great it's not a great joke. And it it kind of talks to this this preconceived notion that the the thing that's causing the u.s to have all this violence that canada is not seeing is uh, our gun laws and not theirs and that might not be the case it might be it's more likely some sort of cultural thing that's different with the u.s yeah. compared to yeah. canada yeah yeah absolutely yes. so you know i she's been pretty fair through the entire trial other than those a uh, couple of little things and i mean mm-hmm. you know Anybody watching this or who knows me or ever spent time with me knows I also say inappropriate things sometimes. So, you know, she is a human at the end of the day. We'll we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I it's been a, a real experience. Um, all those tweets. I know there's a lot of people who are who maybe aren't on Twitter or who aren't familiar with Twitter because it is very hard to follow threads of that size, mm-hmm. like tweet threads, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with how uh, they work. So what we are doing right now is we're sort of transcribing that all into, um, you know, just text. And we're going to host it on the website as sort of like a web story. And the transcripts will be out eventually. But to be perfectly honest, it's going to be a lot of lawyer talk. That'll be a very difficult read. So it'll be a little bit easier of a read. Of course, you're, you're reading it through the lens that I'm, you know, transcribing it. But um yeah, we're going to host that on the website. So people who aren't on cool. Twitter or who don't want to try and fool around with the thread and figure it out, they'll be able to follow it day by day, see what happened. And yeah, we'll have a little bit of time because we got probably a couple months to wait for a decision. Yeah, I guess that, that's one of the other things we'd like to cover today is is just what's what's the next step. So we're, you know, arguing today, arguing tomorrow. And yeah, well, th- that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. she's uh, so tomorrow we the the teams will kind of do their last little rebuttal. It's mm-hmm. supposed to stay very targeted um, to legal arguments against what was said by the um, by the government's legal team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always a little bit of leeway for Christine Jenneru because she's she's the self rep. I'll take a minute and give her a massive shout out. She has been absolutely nailing it. She's not a lawyer, and you almost wouldn't know it from listening to her. So she's just just absolutely nailing it and doing it all on her own without any help and just rocking it. So, um, yeah, she's like, she's got cojones, you know, so she's, she's well, she's well prepared too. You can, you can tell yeah. the time in, she's, right? she's living and breathing this and it's just been all consuming. And I understand how that happens in your life. Um, so big shout out to her. We've spent the last two weeks sitting together. Um, but uh, yeah, so everyone will argue, the five out of the six teams will argue tomorrow. Uh, Ed Berlue for the Hipwell team um, has sort of been functioning on his own without participating in the group. So that's okay. He went today and did his own stuff. Everyone else will go tomorrow, uh, kind of in a team environment. And uh, I miss you too, Trevor Furlot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to that. We'll see what happens. I I don't know if there's any kind of formal process to adjourning the the final bit of the hearing, but that's it. And she's going to go away and she's going to lock herself down and work on this case and anywhere from two to six months before we receive a decision. (coughs) Hmm. (coughs) Sorry, I've been talking so much. I'm hoarse. Um, One last interesting part that I want to tell you guys about um, was at the very end of court today, I don't know if anyone watching the live stream caught it, but McKinnon from the government lawyer's side, um, you know, it, it was over. We were like adjourning and he's like, oh, one more thing. And he got up and he asked the judge about when she's got a decision, if it's not in their favor, you know, will he have an opportunity to uh, do any more submissions or to reply to it? And she's like, well, why would you do that? And he's like, well, because there can be, um, you know, precedents that set with this case that could have a domino effect on other things. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm listening intently, like, what's he, what is he talking about? And we talked about it afterwards with some of the lawyers. And what he's talking about is, should we win and have a favorable, favorable decision for us on deeming this OIC invalid, void, and reversing it? It could also have... Um, case law precedents for other gun bans that were previously done by OIC, <clears throat> such as the full auto ban, such as many other things. So such as the handgun freeze, such as all mm. kinds of other things. Right. So, yeah. So he's very concerned about that, which leads me to believe that he's not super confident that the government's going to win, which is pretty much where we've been at since it started is we you know, I don't want to be overly confident or say something that um, may turn out to be wrong down the road. But yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, you mentioned that there was uh, seven parts that uh, or seven pieces <clears throat> of the case um, that the CCFR is is bringing in. What are some of the potentials uh, of of some of those options? So there's probably some really good ones in there. There's probably some like my like small wins in there. What are what are some of the, yeah. the potential results, I guess, that you're feeling good about here? Well, I mean, there's some big things in there that could directly overturn the OIC, deem it void, and we go back to using our AR-15s and all our other stuff. Then there's some smaller things, like the argument about um, subdelegation and stuff like that. What that's about is the variance. So when the government did the May 2020 OIC, 
there was a whole bunch of firearms listed within the OIC. Those are the named, you know, the named guns or the named variants, the nine um, heads of, of families of guns, and then the named variants underneath them. Well, we all know that ever since the OIC, there's been a number of firearms that were added to the ban through FRT changes that reclassified them. So they were done later, months after the OIC, as unnamed variants. And the problem with that is the only person that has the authority to uh, prescribe a firearm as prohibited is the GIC, the governor and council. The RCMP, whether it's Murray Smith or anybody else at the SFSS, do not have the authority to do that. Well, if the, if they meant those guns to be banned in the 2020 OIC, why were they not named? You know, so they're saying they're the unnamed variants. Um, you know, they're variants of variants is what they are. So they're saying a variant of a variant is a variant and should be banned. Um, so a win on that subdelegation would mean that the RCMP did not have the ability to change the FRT classification even after the OIC for stuff that wasn't named within it. So at least we could get those back, which would be a big win for stuff like ATRS or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so there, there's a bunch of different moving parts all within there that could mean different things. But ultimately, like I, you know, I want it all. I want the OIC reversed, overturned. And I mean, at the end of the day, if this government wins another mandate, it doesn't mean they won't try this again, but they'll be forced to do it properly through legislation. And they will have to fight it that way. They won't stop coming, but we won't stop fighting them. Good. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to crack my ears out again. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool, cool to look at, but they're cooler to shoot. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Well, they're a lot of fun. And to be honest, like ever since the gun ban, I mean, I do a lot of events at ranges and, you know, go to ladies days and, you know, appearances at events. But to be perfectly honest, I don't even think I've gone to the range, like to actually just hang out and shoot since, since the gun ban. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've got a bunch of handguns here that I bought in the big run on guns that I've never even opened, <laughs> never even loaded them. I haven't even looked at them. So yeah. Just got to get a big win and then you can get out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we're going all out. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to keep at it. We promised gun owners that we would um, do everything. We'd leave no stone unturned, no avenue unexplored. And we meant it. So we're going to keep at it. Cool. Yeah. Kyle, I think you had some questions from Discord, right? Yeah. I uh, On our Discord group there, I had uh, reached out for some questions. Some of them you've answered. Uh, I think this one's a pretty general one. We'll start with, uh, if we get a ruling in our favor, what happens next? Well, again, it depends on which part she rules on, right? Um, I mean, technically, the way it should go is she should make a ruling, whether we win, we lose, what parts, and that's it. If the, if the OIC is deemed invalid and void, it should be reversed. Um, there are some court tricks that can be played, such as... Uh, suspending a verdict you know she could rule that we win but suspend it <clears throat> which means basically put it on hold <laughs> mm. but i we don't know right we we don't we don't know what we don't know and until she comes back with a decision then we'll we'll move from there but 
Um, should we not be successful if we don't win, um, then we'll absolutely be going to appeals court and hopefully from there to the Supreme Court. So, yeah, we're, we're this far in. You can't stop now. So, no. yeah. This next one you answered right away. It's going to take, it could take as long as six months to reach a verdict. Yeah. Uh, I think the average is three months. So it takes mm-hmm. a little bit of time, but. And that's fair. There's know, a lot of stuff to go through. Yeah, it's um, a lot. Um, actually, I think this next question is really good considering the compressed timeline for how much she has to take in. Uh, do you get the sense that the judge understood the crash course of firearms law that she was put through last week? And then I'm going to add to that with the government spreading their BS trying to dismantle that. Um, I think she took in both sides and I don't like, I, I'm, I don't think it was enough. No. However, she does have all of that material to to go back to in reference, right? Like what we saw over the eight days of trial is not all she's got. And every time they quoted case law or referred to the Firearms Act or the criminal code, like she has the ability and the staff to go back through all of that. Probably by the end of it, she'll be an expert, right? But yeah, like she, it will take months for her to work her way through everything that she just heard. That's that's kind of why the decisions take a really long time. But yeah, I, I think it's um, definitely understands more than the average Canadian for sure. Yeah. It maybe knows enough now that she's confused. So now she wants to just know. <laughs> well, that's part of our argument is the vagueness of the OIC and the, and the term variant, right? That's a, it's a problem. Like a variant yeah. can be anything. Right. So, um, and I mean, classifying guns based on how they look and there's a few things that she really did question. Um, even today, you know, he, uh, the government lawyer was trying to dismiss the impact of this. You know, there's probably only about 150,000 Canadians that are impacted by this. So, you know, it's only whatever percent of Canada and it's sort of like, Oh, so because we're a small minority group, it's okay to stomp on us, right? Like, (laughs) and so she asked him, well, should we be concerned about the individual impact on each person? You know, and I thought that's kind of thoughtful, right? Like, Mm -hmm. don't lump us all together. We're all individual people. And at the same time, it could, like, maybe some people don't really care that their AR-15 was banned. And other people, you know, hanging on by their nails, praying to God that we get a win, right? Like, everybody Mm -hmm. reacts differently. And he was like, well, no, that shouldn't really be our concern. (laughs) (laughs) They're exactly what you would think of when you think of government lawyers. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting behind them, but I'm envisioning their faces with like, you know, gnarly teeth and (laughs) like they look like jack-o'-lanterns to me. Right. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a tough listen and watch. I've been trying to while I was at work and itching most of it but yeah it was the last couple days have been tough (laughs) yeah yeah it's and it's very difficult for me because i have such a big mouth to not shout out (laughs) right when he's saying something i would be like that's not true no (laughs) way you liar but yeah yeah, all i can do is just tweet faster right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um this one's going to be i think a hard one to answer but which way does it seem that the judge is leaning Well, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell, right? I, you know, I, I get positive vibes and then she says crazy stuff about Rod, um, you know, shooting people through a door or something. And I'm like, what, what? Yeah. So it's hard to say, yeah. but 
you know, I, I think she's a reasonable woman. She's incredibly smart. Um, you know, I think she's definitely got some concerns about the method the government used to do this. Of course, had they chosen to do it through legislation, um, they would have had a difficult time and it takes, it takes mm -hmm. a long time. The government told her that the reason they used an OIC was number one, to surprise us, <clears throat> excuse mm -hmm. me, to avoid a run on guns, like what happened with handguns. And number two, because of like the imminent severe danger to public safety of us having these guns. That's why it had to be done right away. You know, they couldn't yeah. wait for legislation to pass, but here we are three years later and I'm still yeah. sitting here with a safes full of AR 15s. So yeah. which, which is it? Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the imminent threat was clearly yeah. not there. So I, I, I love it. Right? Yeah. I love the point that, uh, well, criminals will just break laws. That's they just broke these laws. So that's why we need to enact these laws to, to help battle that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he said, too, we shouldn't draw too fine of a line um, between legal, legitimate, lawful gun owners and criminals who use guns. And I'm like, no, no, we should draw a very definitive line right there <laughs> because we are not the same people, right? Yeah. And, you know, he mentioned a 42% increase in violent gun crime, you know, since 2015. And it's like, oh, so you're attributing that to legal gun owners. Nothing else happened in 2015 forward. That could have attributed to that, right? Nothing. Not like the prime minister, the leadership, you know, yeah. the soft on crime policies, bail. Bail reform. Bail yeah. reform. All like in Edmonton here, uh, our chief of police was saying that 40% of like the recent uh, violent crimes have been committed by people who were on release. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's just, crazy. Yeah. 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 I read something about that. I think the same 40 people too have committed like 6,000 crimes or something, oh, you know, geez. frequent flyers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> I do have a pretty positive feeling about it. Um, we've got some really solid, uh, arguments and to be honest, a lot of the administrative law points are probably where we've got the win. I know that's the less fun stuff for mm -hmm. gun owners have been following along. Um, but that's, that's where the really technical legal arguments are. There's certain things the government can do and certain things they can't. There are built-in restraints into the law to control government. They've blown those all to hell. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have a good feeling about it. I'm going to stay positive and wait for her decision and have some faith in the system. But um, regardless, even if we don't win, well, we'll, we'll appeal it and we'll keep going. So it is what it is. I just don't want to live tweet any more court for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we only have a couple more questions here. Uh, somebody wanted to know how you felt about Berlo's performance. Um, he did a lot better today than I think he did before. Um, I mean, he was a little bit scattered and it's very difficult, right? He's also tuning in remotely. <clears throat> so he did not join us in um, court since the original submissions. Um, so he hasn't been there for, I guess, probably four days or so. Uh, so today he made a couple of great points. Um, there was some stuff he said the other day during submissions that I found, um, you know, a little concerning a bit. Uh, I, I mean, he, look, we, we are running a court case for the CCFR and for all gun owners in Canada. And I understand that not, not every party in this is doing the same thing. Some people have certain clients that they're working for and that's it. But he, um, 
argued against subdelegation. He said there's no subdelegation here, which is kind of a big part of the case, right? So he sided with the the liberal uh, lawyers on that. Um, he may have some reasons that I'm not aware of, but regardless. And then he spoke about um, permissive grandfathering, and you know, I, I different people feel different ways about it. I personally don't advocate for grandfathering because I feel like it's uh, just a, a delayed confiscation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, you know, the thing that should allow you to own guns, enjoy your sport, enjoy your lifestyle is your license, right? Like, I I don't want to draw too fine of a point on what you can do and can't do. I think the system that we had worked, you know, for the most part really well. So, yeah, he had a couple of strange arguments, but yeah, <clears throat> like I said, we've we've got we're doing the best we can with the team we've got and our team is working really well with the other teams so we're just going to focus on that good Uh, yeah one last one about brillo and i think you answered this earlier but uh, did brillo coordinate with the other cases um no i don't believe so no i think he's been like he's running his own stuff right and i mean that he's totally entitled to do that um, we were all rolled together into case management. And all that means basically is instead of the judge hearing six individual cases with the government lawyers, they run them all at the same time. So yeah. you're running together as far as the timeline goes, but you don't necessarily have to run your cases together like a team, right? So, yeah, I mean, he's trying different stuff than we are. So that that's it's okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um can ask my question there yeah i can ask your question uh is polly going to get a government funded label on their twitter if i was in charge of it oh yes well they wouldn't be (laughs) yeah gotta ask those hard-hitting questions right (laughs) well yeah it's very difficult because of course they don't talk about their funding sources but that's always been my 100 day promise um under a friendly conservative government is i would you know, that's kind of one of my demands of the conservatives. If and when they win, which they will win eventually, you know, this government's not going to stay in power forever. Um, but I, w- I want that. I want some staff. I want to sit in the Library of Parliament. I want to go through every single thing we can get our mitts on um, because I know a lot of funding is hidden and run through different departments. So it's hard to ATIP and hard to find. But I want to I want to identify it find it, isolate it, and reroute it to community programs and at-risk youth programs and actual things that are going to have a positive mm-hmm. effect on public safety. So, yeah, I'm all about the defund poly. Yep. Good. 100%. Uh, one final thing. It's not a question, but this was the general feeling all over the Discord server. Everyone appreciates the constant live tweets and feel that you did a great job. Well, thank you. I know sometimes it's um, with some of the people it's very difficult. In fact, with our lawyers, it's probably the hardest to live tweet because there's speaking in lawyer talk, right? And I'm not a lawyer. So I'm trying to understand what it is they just said and then change it into words that I could pronounce and spell and send it out <laughs> into the Twitterverse, right? And condense this much talking into this big of a tweet. So sometimes it was a little difficult Um and maybe not entirely accurate, but yeah, it's the best I could do because it's there's no do-overs, right? Once they move on to the next sentence, you got to keep up with them. So yeah, I appreciate everybody uh, checking it out and 
like I said, we'll get that up on ccfr.ca for those of you who aren't in the Twitterverse and you can, it'll be a lot easier to read than transcripts. I guarantee that. But once yeah. those are available, which we will pay to have those done as well. Um, and those will be found on propertyjustice.ca. And that's where all the legal stuff is kept. So I know that's a bunch of websites to throw at you, but propertyjustice.ca is where all the legal documents, like this is not our court challenge. This is your court challenge. It's the members and supporters and everybody who supported it and paid for it. It all belongs to you. So we've published everything and put it out there. Um, that's where you'll find the official transcript. There will be no recording. Unfortunately, it's against the law. Hmm. And then the, um, you know, the, tr the Tracy version, which will be a lot easier of a read, will be available on ccfr.ca probably tomorrow because we're almost done um, kind of transcribing it from tweets into a, a web story. Um, and we'll have it separated by day and topic so you'll know which parts to read and be able to reference it. And um, tomorrow morning, that's it. We're, we're done with court. So, yeah, that should hopefully be up uh, tomorrow and if not by Monday. Yeah. Cool. That'll be easier to read through than, than trying to trying to get through Twitter. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, very difficult to read it through Twitter. And it's, you know, at least it's in a form of language that the, the average Joe like me could understand, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Any other questions from any of the other hosts? Uh, for the, obviously the donations are super important to keep this going. Uh, you guys received a pretty sizable one recently. Yeah. Did you want to give them a shout out? Cause I think I do. Yeah, that was crazy. So that is the single largest donation that we've received in history. We received a hundred thousand dollar donation yesterday from the Calgary target Calgary and district target shooters association association CDTSA. Um, so that's like almost unbelievably generous. Like mm -hmm. I, Rod sent me a screenshot by text and I was like, you know, you take a picture on your phone and spread it. And I'm like, what? No, that's gotta be a typo. Like there's <laughs> no way. And sure enough, no, it's, it's real. And that is incredibly helpful. I know it sucks to always have to, you know, throw money. We're always asking for money and I get it. It's, it does suck. Um, but we also have to remember that the government is fighting us with an unlimited amount of our own tax of dollars. our own tax dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are funding, you know, the, the, the smaller league teams who are all working together to fight against this gun ban and fight for all of us. But on the other side, they've got probably 21 lawyers who are all funded by your taxes. And yeah, they're, they've, they've got some of the best lawyers there are. So yeah, we'll, um, we'll put good, put that to good use for sure. And even just having our legal team here from Alberta uh, for the almost two weeks, you know, it's like you're paying everybody's fees and travel and, you know, it's probably going to be, I don't even know how to guess that, but the trial probably about $150,000. That's probably what Ooh. we're spending. So yeah, it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We've spent well over $2 million already. So yeah, that's why we just have to keep going at this point. It's like, it's like that, uh, that car that you've spent, you know, 30 grand in repairs, but the, you're not sure. <laughs> what do you do? Do you just keep fixing it? Yes. Yes. That's what you do. So that's where we're at. We're, uh, we're going to keep going. They're doing an incredible job. Um, and yeah, I actually, I haven't been fraternizing with them too much, but today after, um, listening to the end of the, uh, government lawyers talk, 
it was like, Hey, do you guys want to go for a drink? Like, I, I think we need a drink. Right. Yeah. So we went and had a beer on spark street and it was uh, just nice to get out of the courtroom and have some conversation. And yeah, we only had one cause they got to prep for tomorrow. They had a big day tomorrow and mm -hmm. yeah. And then we'll see what happens, but yeah, just, I appreciate everyone's support. And unfortunately money does make this machine move. There's no way to do this without funding. And this is the only way we can get it. So for sure. Yeah. Well, we all appreciate the effort in uh, in the lightning thumbs and from the lawyers <laughs> <laughs> and uh, very much appreciate you coming on to uh, to tell all of our listeners and viewers and a lot of the, the people from the CCFR who are tuning in right now to uh, just give us a quick update on how it's going. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. You know, everyone is following my Twitter, including the government lawyers. I can see McKinnon looking at my feed because I sit behind him a couple rows and yeah, everybody's watching it. So I see them seeing me. I see you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming on again, Tracy. All right, guys. It was really good to see you and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank awesome. you, Tracy. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. You. Bye, Wilson. Thanks again to, to Tracy for coming on to tell us all about what's going on in uh, in the court challenge and uh, for being a Twitter star apparently now. So. Uh, we'll get into listener feedback. Uh, I'll take the first uh, email. It says, guys, good discussion, but for fudge sake, uh, some of us are using earbuds and those things are fudging loud over the recording. Please at least warn people before letting loud beeps go, Carson. <laughs> Yeah, at our last show, we had the the timers going off in the mics. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. loud. It's the yellow. It's the yellow one. It's it's. We didn't horrible. even have the yellow one. No, no we did. Yeah, yeah. Did we? Yeah, the well, yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had all sorts. Yeah, they were loud. <laughs> yep, they were loud. Stand by. <laughs> That's. I should have been our warning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have another letter. Um... I can do this one too. Uh, good evening, ladies and gents. Uh, first, I'm sorry that you have to go through quite a few comments on YouTube. Maybe I'm just a bit too talkative. A quick report from Tony with his first experience at a steel challenge. On Wednesday, it was it was all fun and good until we started to shoot. The Sunday decided to disappear and tiny snowballs started falling from the sky. <laughs> Facing inclement weather, I landed solidly in the C-class, which isn't terrible for a beginner, I guess. On Sunday, I returned for a full day with eight stages. Unlike the weather, I was unable to improve much, nearing uh, but never achieving a B-class score. The results were a little disappointing uh, to me, but I did have fun, and I have to and I have to realize that PCCO is a very fast division overall. On the other hand, my Caltech Sub 2000 has performed very well with zero malfunctions. It is not an ideal race gun, though, as its lighter weight contributed to a more jumpy recoil. I've been shooting this bulk Gecko 9mm from the Calgary Shooting Center. It was on sale for $380 per thousand. I thought that is good. Um, 500 rounds in, it has worked for me flawlessly. On the other hand, I've witnessed a failure on a Lockhart Raven 9 owned by my, owned but not by Taylor. Um, while engaging the targets, the mag release on the right side flew away with the spring and the magazine dropped and it was no longer retained. It took us a good minute to find the mag release paddle again under the swamp-like Alberta spring conditions. Seems that the mechanism design does not have the most positive retention, allegedly. 
Lastly, a, a question to the Slamfire hosts. I've heard that steel challenge is not quite a widespread popular sport in Canada. Is that right? Thanks for the show. Best regards, Tony from Calgary. I, I'm aware of it being shot out here. Like Edmonton area, they have a, a set at Sherwood Park and they do it at BTSA, which is probably where Tony was shooting there. Uh, and I believe they've got more than a couple other clubs down south that shoot it. Uh, I know that Cornwall, the new range that I just joined, is going to be doing a monthly match. So that's going to be something going forward. Eastern Ontario does does quite a few steel challenges too. So in this area, there there's Eastern Ontario-ish area there are. Hmm. And uh, there's, yeah. There's Very a couple cool. on in New Brunswick every year. The big one being the Ronnie DeGroote shoot, but a few other clubs have their own steel yeah. matches as well. There's a difference between steel, steel challenge and steel matches, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Steel challenge. I, th I thought that's the one that most people run because it's like you buy the set, you put the targets where they belong yep. and you run it. There's like, there's no thinking. Like I, I love it. If you want to run a quick match and, and shoot some, shoot some steel with your pistol. Beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. I, out West, I don't hear a lot of clubs doing like steel challenge. They'll throw on like a steel match, but an actual oh, okay. steel challenge where you'll run into smoke and hope or mm -hmm. outer limits or something like that. I don't know. Like I is Sherwood Park uh, sanctioning their steel challenge, or are they just taking the stages and just shooting them? No, they just have the the targets, I believe. So I don't think oh. they've uh, I don't think they've had a steel. Well, maybe they have, and I just haven't noticed. Bet you those Thursday night fun shoots, they uh, they do them. Okay. Someone's screaming true. at the radio. They know the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything from uh, the YouTube comments? Anything on the Gersan, Kyle? Uh, actually, we do have comments, and no, nothing from the Gersan. Ooh. And uh, in response to Tony's uh, email, don't worry about all the comments. Love them. And uh, all the comments tonight are from Tony on last week's episode 502. So, start off tony says we've lost kyle to conceal carry the ability to defend himself and his family and standard capacity magazines hey kyle my thought is to train to take cover first and draw from kneeling due to the unique carry situation and i i do agree uh i know when we were doing defensive pistol before while we were drawing it was get off the x or move to cover or something um yeah Good thought, and definitely a different uh, thing to train for as well. Uh, he goes on, question for Maple Seed: Why event bright, not practice score? How yeah. much process? Hmm? Institutional inertia, I believe is the, the saying. It does some stuff that uh, that's really, really nice that practice score doesn't in terms of like an, an event. Um, whether we need those or not, I'm not sure. We, uh, I haven't tried it. I've used practice score for like straight out events, but I haven't like... I haven't treated them like uh, like I do with a maple seed. I don't know. Uh, goes on to ask how much processing fees are lost to event break versus practice score. Hmm. No idea. I don't know what the processing fees are for practice score. Something that we can explore. People have to have actually, you have to log in, you have to create a, a profile on practice score. It's easier. That's a good thing, though, because we like getting people to get a profile and practice score means that they're set up for competition shooting afterwards. They might right. find some events near them after getting that login going. Mm. It's, it's easier. 
stomach. <laughs> practice score for all. <laughs> yeah, there are some. I've used both of them. Um, yeah. There's definitely there's some there's some real positives to practice score, and there's positives to Ben Bryan. That's yeah, easier. Top end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tony also says it's really unfortunate that Canadians can't have local mill syrups after the Enfields. I think the U.S. did a great job with that and built it into their culture, a part of apple seed as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, 1903, 1917, M1 Garand, M1 Carbine, 1911, M1A. So, and then he goes on. On my Mossberg MVP... 556 the magazine is also not that secure but never f- had a feeding issue that i can recall not even during maple seed hmm. i would say go up against rare mossberg <laughs> yeah, yeah that too <laughs> um idril i think a rebranding for your main channel can be beneficial maybe call yourself the maple hunter the maple shooter since I do see more firearm content from you compared to hunting only content. It's true. And then mm-hmm. we had a question in the chat about this earlier tonight. I keep hearing Israel referring to a discord channel. Do we have one for slam fire? And no, we don't. The discord channel that we keep mentioning is uh Canadian firearms enthusiasts. Yeah. That, so uh, maybe we need one. It's a thought. Yeah. Maybe we, Look at creating one. Hey, everybody, raise your hands who's not it. <laughs> uh, Kyle, have you set up a Discord server before? I have one for Lunatic Tactical, which is, like, stagnant. So. Stagnant. <laughs> I've set one up, but I'm not very good at it. So maybe you and I can figure out how to make that happen. I think we, you and I can work together on that, yeah. Yeah. Do I have... Discord's cool. Yeah. What's that? You want to do it, Kelly? I, I think I heard Kelly volunteer there before she cut out. Uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely heard a yes. Uh, that is a no. I was just going to do I contribute to it because I, no, I will not say what I was going to say. Say it. I was going to Discord. Discord. I just do. Kelly's, who's going to be our Discord mod? I'm in the basement already, so I've got that part covered. <laughs> you got the Cheetos beside you? Bottles of homemade wine, does that count? Yes. Sure, that were yes, that counts, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you go to our website, slamfireradio.com, you'll find a Cabela's link. If you make a purchase through the link, you'll be supporting the show and we really appreciate that. And then we will uh like or dislike your purchases on the I air. got I got the one for March. Okay, go for it. It's uh, it's simple. Someone bought four Butler Creek flip-up caps. Why? Ah, for the scope to flip up. What? Were they sets or individual caps? I was just going to say that. Was it four sets? Oh, oh now four. you're going to make me go look at it. No, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> for, for two scopes. Butler sell, Creek stuff. They, they sell yeah. them by the set. So if they're buying four of them, it would just Four then. Four. Yeah. Okay. All right. Someone realized uh, they should finally start protecting their scopes? Or they just bought uh, a bunch of scopes that they need to protect? I, I don't put caps on nothing. They're all 
raw dogging <laughs> just dog. right now. <laughs> Once in a while, I will, but yeah. <laughs> no, twelve hundred dollars scope up there, raw dogging, raw no, dogging. no caps on. Yeah, if they break, they break. Um, if you'd like to support us, you can do so through uh, Patreon and Playur. It's no longer Utreon. They have rebranded to Player. Player. Player, yeah. Player. Okay, so you could find us through there and support the show if you'd like. Uh, you, If you'd like to email the show, you can do so at slamfireradio at gmail.com and uh, we'll read your letter on air. And uh, anyone have a shout out this evening? Adriel. Adriel. Yeah, I've got a suggestion. Uh, the guys at Nine Hole Reviews did a did one on the M1 Garand on practical accuracy. So the thing that they do is they shoot from I think it's one fifty to six something. Uh, it's good. It's good watch. Go check it out. Cool. Yeah. Want to give a shout out to this guy over here, Jason, <laughs> driving all night, getting here to Kingston. I had to be on the show. It's like. It's all <laughs> but you left the hot tub at home yeah the hot tub's back at home i'm in kingston tonight yeah i just got a second hot tub i'm very excited to try it out it's for a cabin i'm building but I, i'm gonna maybe i can do another show from the new one yeah, there you go yeah so naked but i also <laughs> to uh, tracy for coming on and talking about the ccfr mm-hmm. uh, and That's doing it as well we just contacted her a few days ago and she said sure no problem and then uh hanging in while we had our technical issues here so yeah cool good kyle ah just shout out all the legal teams that are in court fighting to protect everything that everyone wants to go out and use and not Mm -hmm. have just sit there and collect dusk or yeah. yeah And Michael Loberg is right. We have the best uh, lawyers around. So, yeah. Do I get a shout out? Yeah, you're here. Yeah, go for it, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking me out to eat tomorrow night. He said I can drink all I want and sleep in the big bed at his house. So, shout wow. Out. Yeah, I know. He's a very generous guy. What in my liver? <laughs> <laughs> I came in. I'm like, I like to eat chippies when I go to bed. And I like grilled cheese. So we went for supper. And said she's going to pay me back for it. And then she went over to Shoppers and got special bread for me. So I can have grilled cheese because she only eats like gluten-free bread. And I need a white bread. So she's going to uh, grilled cheese after this show. And then I got chippies to eat later. Chippies! I love chips. It's my favorite thing after this show. It's my second nice. favorite. <laughs> Uh, and my shout out is to the guys on the road trip. We had a blast, lots of laughs. Most of the stuff I can't repeat on this family friendly program, but uh, it was great. So that's it. Look forward to more trips. Um, check us out on Gunners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. Watch us on YouTube and Player. Join the CCFR and see you next week. Good night. Good night. See you next week. See you guys. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over.
time to get a gun.